in the silence of the trophy room, where the echoes of past conquests resonate, we discover how to lead as men. It is not solely about the trophies we proudly display, but the courage to learn from defeats, humbly lead, and forge a legacy worth more than any physical accolade. Together, we'll discover how to lead from the trophy room. Hey, welcome back to Leading from the Trophy Room. This is episode number five, Jeremy. I'm your co-host, Bo Mills. And I'm a co-host, Jeremy White. And Bo, we are continuing. We started this one last week, Mm -hmm. our our, our last episode. So That's uh, right. So where are we going today? So if you listen to episode four, you would see that we named it Iron Sharpens Iron. So we're talking about how us as men sharpen one another. And we, even in the description, said there's five W's. But if you're listening, we only got through three of them That's last right. episode. We were a little long-winded. So. Yep. So today, we're trying to keep these between 25 and 32 minutes. And the guys have appreciated that. Yeah, I think so. You know, driving to work or... I can give you 25 minutes of my time, but an hour or so, that's uh, a little too much. So today, we're going to finish the last two W's of the five. And, yeah. and uh, man, I it's been fun for me because we do these and... And we're trying to be real on this and just be ourselves. And it's fun to go back and listen to them as we launch them. And that's what I do. I actually texted you uh, the other day when we launched our last one. Uh, hey, listen to this one. It was pretty good. So, so I actually listened to our last one. Okay, so here, here are a couple of takeaways. Number one, uh, you're much better on on these than and me. And I think you're like, like you, you're ridiculous. I say like and um too many times. So guys, feel free to count all my likes and all my ums because, Bo, you're like a real radio guy. You just said like again. I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's one. So I'm not trying there. to be a radio guy. <laughs> I, I really am... Uh, uh, trying to be real. Yes. And and what that is, is a follower of Christ sitting with a man who's done this a while, Jeremy, and loved the Lord for a while. And I've walked with you for a few years now, quite a few years now, and seen it day to day. And I want to press into that. And so it's fun for me just to sit here and be myself, be real, and get to pour into guys on the other end of being the man who gets to sit here and press into you and well, call hey, from you. It's it's fun for me too, Bo. There's there's not a men, there's not many men that I've seen in my life that are really serious about this walk. Mm-hmm. And man, I've seen that in you over the years. And I just appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So well, thanks. So our verse is as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27, 17. And that's our relationship. But guys, that's also what we're challenging you is to have men in your life that that'll sharpen you, that'll challenge you. Now, we started with the three W's Hold last on, week. hold on. So the last episode, you asked me if I had a favorite knife. Yes. Okay. So yes. do you have a favorite? So I have two <laughs> questions for you. Do you have a favorite I knife? I do have a favorite and knife. And do you know how to sharpen it on a whetstone? Oh, okay. So so <laughs> that's I, I, I'm feeling a little uh, pressure there, okay? So, so I do have a favorite knife. My favorite knife, um, so I, I, I grew up, always watching my grandfather use his pocket knife to castrate calves, Mm. bull calves. And so as I grew up, I was like, I cannot wait one day have my knife that I used to castrate calves. So mine is an Uncle Henry 
that is like the perfect. It just has one blade. It's the perfect castration knife. That's awesome. So what makes it the perfect castration knife? It, it just knife? fits perfect in my hand. Okay. And when I'm cutting those testicles <laughs> off, man, it's just, it just it's just perfect. Okay. It's just perfect. Now here's okay. So here's the thing I gotta admit. Uh I cannot sharpen a knife. My grandfather, he sharpened knives great. My dad sharpens knives. But I feel like a little kid when I try to sharpen. I just can't. So I give my knives to my dad, and my he dad, sharpens he them. sharpens all my knives. That's all right. I, I'm i not sure if I know how to use a whetstone properly. So I can rub it on there. I can do it, and I can think it's sharper, but it's probably really not. <laughs> That's <laughs> was, how I feel. It's probably like I was cutting the stone and actually doled it. Yeah, more, dad's right? is like a razor blade when he gets through it. Okay, so. second part question. Do you... Uh, fry those calf balls up and eat them i've got a dog named homeboy he's a little beagle he <laughs> you, runs in have you ever have you ever eaten them i have eaten them you've eaten I, calf balls i have eaten in calf. your mouth i have they uh <laughs> they were fried i just don't like the texture because yeah. the texture in your oysters, mouth right it feels exactly how they feel in your hand as you're castrating. Now, so, Man. so guys, I, I'm needing some guys to help me castrate calves. So if you're so listening. If you, if you haven't felt what it's like to have a calf ball in your hand, go to Jeremy's that's house. Right. And you tell. That's right. I need some help. All right. So. We'll get back on track now. So you talked about walking. That starts with a W. These are the five Ws. So we went through. We walk with each other. Mm-hmm. We work with each other. Yes. And we watch out for each other. Yes. Um, and the fourth one on the list is we wait with each other. Yeah. Uh, and so, Jeremy, is there a time in your life uh, that you've had to wait and, you, and you've waited with somebody sure. or you've waited on the Lord? Yeah. So so this one's really, you probably don't think about this one as one that uh, we do to sharpen each other. But Galatians 6.2 says uh, for us to carry each other's burdens. And when we carry each other's burdens, we really are waiting with each other. Uh, I think of waiting in in pain. So there was a time um, that Misty, my wife, was going through a really bad time of pain. Uh, it was uh, she was struggling with anxiety and depression, and I couldn't fix it. Uh, I, I didn't know how to fix it. I and I felt. Uh, I felt like a failure because here I am, a, I'm a pastor and I'm, I'm supposed to be able to fix people and help people with their struggles. And here's my wife and I, I couldn't fix her. And uh, during that time though, and this this went from like February to May. So I'm, we're talking weeks, months that like it was, it was so bad. I was worried, like I was physically like worried for her that she would, I didn't know what she was going to do. You know, I, I didn't think she would take her own life, but I was concerned mm. for that. Like she was having panic attacks. She wouldn't. And and my wife, she's a business owner. She's, she's high achiever. She's strong. a strong yeah. personality. And uh, she wouldn't, she wouldn't even take baths or showers, but she just wanted to stay in bed all the time. Mm. She, she wasn't taking care of the kids at all. The kids knew what was going on and I couldn't fix it. It's hard. But during that time, I had I had men wait with me. I had guys that would just text me verses and say, hey, I'm here for you. Uh, guys that would um, be there with me, just making sure that I'm okay. Because uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've probably seen this too, but like if your wife is ever going through a really hard time, it seems like the enemy also tempts you mm. with things as well. Mm. Oftentimes guys are are very vulnerable to, to things. So I needed men 
to wait with me. And in the waiting, they're they're walking with me, they're working with me, they're watching out for me. It's yeah. the same thing, but but it's that time of waiting. And and praise God, like God healed my wife. She 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 got help. We we found a counselor that was that was just amazing and and God miraculously freed her from that anxiety and depression. Mm. But I often wonder, hey, if I what would have happened if I didn't have guys to wait with me during that time? Because it really was February to May that um, that that it was really, re- really bad. So I think in 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 guys we are naturally active or we think we have to do we're doers yes uh we want to go 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 um and a lot of us we feel like if we wait if we uh relax if we um what are some other good words for it um put aside i guess you could you could say that we're we're wasting time okay so i think when we say uh we wait with each other a lot of guys that could creep up that I don't wait well. Like I don't. Yes. So, so can you explain what waiting looks like? Like I know you kind of said guys texted me, guys prayed with me, guys kept me on track, kept me focused. But uh, what if you, if I have a buddy out there that's going through something right now, and uh, I've been working, I've been trying, I've been doing things, and it's just not like how do I wait with this dude? And help them out. Yeah. So, so think of it as uh, it's the difference between being uh, me saying, "Hey, Bo, I'm here for you," or "Bo, I'm here with you." Mm. All right. So if I say, "Bo, I'm here for you," that means, uh, "Hey, if you need me, you call me." Okay. That puts it all on you. But if I'm I, already going through all this, now I have to call you and yeah, text you exactly. and ask you for help. Exactly. I'm not ask you but, for help. but think about how many times we use that phrase with time. guys. Hey, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah. But versus, hey, I'm here with you. Hey, I'm now with I'm you. I'm doing it. Hey, I'm here with you. It's 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 showing up when not when not being asked. It's calling for no reason. It's it's texting for no reason other than to encourage that person. It's not putting any extra responsibility on that person. Burden. It, yeah, no burden. You're carrying that burden with them. So that answers my next question. My next question was to dive into the Galatians 6.2 and what it looks like to carry a burden. Because it, you know, it also says we cast our burdens or give them to God. And so if I'm carrying a burden, what does that look like? And so that's good. That, yeah. That, so the other thing about carrying burden, it's really like feeling the weight of that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's feeling so so when you went through the tragedy of your son, um, man, I felt like I was. I I know your burden. You were carrying it. It was heavier for you, but man, I felt like I was carrying some of that too. Yeah, you know, and uh, I I think that's what it looks like that that men there there's there's something about seeing your your friends your buddies your brothers hurting for you mm. and with you that uh that makes it a little easier for you to carry that burden yourself mm. it's like uh you know i know guys reference this a little bit when they're talking about buddies but like the band of brothers and like the whole thing of like no man left behind and mm. uh what that does is like every soldier's ready to leave 
and they could have already left. And then they remember, oh, my buddy's out there still. Mm. I need to go back into the line of fire. I need mm. to pick him up and put him on my shoulders, and I'm going to carry him out of here. Yeah. Even though it's risking stuff, it's hard. I could get hurt during this, but I'm going to sacrifice that because I love this guy. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that. Of like, uh, we kind of get selfish a little bit in times mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we get sidetracked. We get, and we really do need to focus on uh, if you know if you love this dude and you're there for him, uh, what he's going through, and really care for him in that time. Put him on your shoulders and carry yeah. him through. I think it's also just giving people hope in the waiting. So there was a three day waiting period on the greatest miracle ever was. Hmm. Okay, the, we wait. There was three days that Jesus was in the tomb, but then he rose from the grave, and it was the greatest miracle of ever, uh, of all time. Now, in, in our times of waiting, we're, we're not only waiting in pain, but we're also waiting to see what God's going to do. And, and we're there giving each other hope that God's about to do something. Hmm. And uh, so, so anyway, we wait. That's really good. So we wait through, through pain, but we also wait with each other as we're processing Okay, so pain and processing, processing decisions. Mm. So as men, there's often times where we're waiting for direction. We're waiting, hey, what's my next move? Hey, where uh, where, where are we headed as a family? Where are we? Where am I going as maybe even a job uh, or a career or mm. uh, big decisions in, in the family? So, so Bo, I'm going to turn it back to you. Because I know this is something that you're dealing with right now. And I, I want to know how men, first off, uh, what what decision are you processing? Like as we speak. Yeah, as we speak. So my head right now is full of a lot. And that's because literally today, uh, this morning, I've been through a lot of meetings and processing this decision, processing this process and, and what's going to take place in my life. Um yeah, as we speak, uh, we are in the middle of uh, you guys hearing this. You're in the end. You're actually the first people outside of the office at the church to know this. Uh, we're we're in the process of announcing me as the head uh, campus pastor of Granbury Stonewater, uh, and so I am will be transitioning from the men's ministry role uh, to pastoring a really large church. And, uh, I, um, so, so you've been interviewing for this. So I've been interviewing, which is, uh, that's typical, right? So going through interviews, you're, you're excited about the possibility. You're thinking about, okay, if I get the role, what am I going to do? All this stuff. And then yesterday I was named the finalist. And, uh, and then there's still some process like this morning we met with the advisory board, the elders of the church, and they got to ask me some really pointed questions. And, um, and then afterwards, uh, a guy, part of the advisory board got to come in and and sit and speak some stuff into me. And it's Jeremy, it's, it's great. Like anytime, uh, you get stretched and pushed like this, it's always good. But man, I didn't realize like, so through the interview process, it's exciting. Now I'm being named that and I'm really looking inside out, like turning myself inside out and saying, all right, where do I need to press in? Where do I need to grow? Uh, The men around me are putting some fingers on stuff and challenging me and pushing. And uh, it's 
incredible. Um, it's hard. Yeah. So when we talk about processing, like we're, we're talking about really being open and honest with who you are and what God's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. So as you've been open and honest about who you are, like what have, what have men helped you process who you are? Yeah. So if you're you, any, let, let if me you're back any, up because you've been a lot of things. You've been an athlete. Yep. You've been a rancher. Yep. A business you, owner. A business owner. Yep. So like what are what what are they speaking into you? Yeah, they're speaking identity. They're speaking truth. If if any of you guys listening are like me, I'm really hard on myself. I think guys can naturally be hard on themselves. They can naturally uh, hang on to and cling to some of the negative stuff about ourselves. And and hey, bottom line, none of us are perfect. So none of us are going to be great at everything or perfect in all our walk. So yeah, I've struggled. I've had pitfalls. I still struggle with certain things as a leader. Um, so I'm sorry that I'm your men's ministry guy, but I'm not perfect. And I'm not mm. the perfect man, you know, and it's okay to admit that. And it's been nice. It's been encouraging to have guys next to me point out, hey, we know you're not perfect. Hey, we see your downfalls and we, they, they identify them first, but then they encourage me with what they do see in me. And they, they uh, get to point out uh, things that I have done. They see that I overlook because I'm so focused on the negative mm. in my own life that they get to call out and uh, really encourage me and push me towards, hey, you've done this. You are this. This is how God's created you. This is how you've had an impact in my life already. And I'm like, your life. You know, so to have guys around you that speak identity and truth into you in a time like this when it could be, uh, you know, I'll just be honest. I was just named yesterday uh, or just told this, not even named, just told yeah, you're, this. Yeah, you're just, uh, I, I'm you're, still you're a, a finalist. Yeah, so. So October I'm, the 1st is when we'll name, if you pass all the inspections, yeah. you'll be named the, the lead campus pastor in Granbury. Yeah, and and I'm just going to be real open and honest right now on, on how I feel. You hear a lot of pastors in their position talk about uh, being on an island. And honestly, already, like um, around the office, around just my own mind, I'm like, man, like I'm like, I'm being called up to sit in a position that uh, could feel like I never knew what that meant. You hear that, but I'm starting to feel it a little bit mm -hmm. of like, you know, and so it's even more important to have these men That's right. around me and encouraging me and strengthening me and pushing me. And so, yeah. yeah. So during this process, it's been fun to be part of this process with you, Bo. And during this process, like we we process, and this is not just if you're processing to be a a pastor of you know a church. It's it's you're processing with any decisions in life. You're and here's what you do in the waiting. You're asking, okay, God, who am I? And then God, who are you calling me to be? That's yeah. what you're really processing. So, guys, if you're in a time of waiting and trying to decide, okay, what's my next decision? What's my next career move? God who am I? Like, who, who am I really? Like what I've loved about this with, with you, Bo, is you've been very open and honest about your strengths, but also your weaknesses. And then you've also been open and honest about your calling. Mm. You know, even as a, uh, as a young guy, uh, your grandfather was really instrumental in your life. 
Tell us a grandpa story. Tell, it, tell us a little bit about your grandpa. Because yeah. I think he started planting in you seeds yeah. to be a pastor one day. Yeah, my grandpa Kendi, so my mom's dad, was just an incredible follower of Christ, an incredible leader. He owned his own practice. He was a dentist. Uh, but he was also just a man's man. He mm. built our family cabin up in the mountains of California by hand. Uh, he was a hunter. He taught me how to to dove hunt. Uh, he taught me how to fish. And as he's teaching me all those things, without me knowing, he was praying for me. He was mm -hmm. looking over me. And then he would write down notes about me. And uh, every year at your birthday, you got to go to, to dinner with Grandpa. And uh, during that dinner... Uh, he would have a little, he always wore a, a button up shirt with a pocket, you know, oh, a chest yeah. pocket. And uh, he'd keep a little index real, card in that chest pocket, have just like pockets, that. Real men have and he would keep a little three by five index card in that chest pocket. And he'd pull that out. And it was a word God gave him that year. Sometimes God didn't give him a new word. And he had to uh, go over the last years, but he always went over every word every year. So he's repeating these words in you every mm -hmm. year. And so words could be like patience. And then he'd go through a story of where he saw me patient in life. Mm -hmm. And and he would talk about uh, watching me uh, trout fish up in the mountains and not get a bite, but not be frustrated, not be mm -hmm. angry, be patient, waiting for that fish to bite <laughs> and, and what I would do in that process. And then, so he's just speaking these words of identity in me. Yes. In a time of my life, you know, that was all through junior high, high school, college, until you get married. He didn't stop until you got married. And, uh, and so to have a man like that, and then, so when you got married, he gave you that card. And mm. So you got to keep that card and look at it every year. Mm. Uh, he was just an unbelievable man of God so, and so an yeah. unbelievable leader. So just picture that, but like, what if we really did that for each other? Yeah. Like as men, we said, Hey, this is what I see in you. And especially during times where we're trying to process decisions, when we're waiting on something, man, Think of the power that would be. Yeah. And I think, but I, I think Jeremy, like I could say, I'm proud of you, or yeah. I could say, this is what I see in you. But to share like the story of a why, of one, you yeah. see that. Like it's Jeremy, evidence. I see this because you've done this. Like I've mm -hmm. seen you do this, or you've done this to me. That's like the encouragement of, you know, you talked about on Sunday, we're in the Be Real series right now. And Jeremy in his first message talked uh, about the struggle and the dedication, right? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so we can always point out a struggle or we can point out a positive, but to show the dedication part is what really pushes us and grows us and encourages us of like, hey, I see this in you, but this is why I see this mm -hmm. in you. Like this is what you're doing. Uh, it's active. You know, you're actively doing something. We can, I think a lot of guys inspire inside to be something, be someone, want better, but they don't know how to do it. And mm -hmm. so when you can call them out and say, hey, I see you doing this, it really motivates them and gets them absolutely, going. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what we do in the waiting. In the waiting, we wait in pain, mm -hmm. but we also wait with each other and help process decisions with each yeah. other. And so the last thing I want to say on that is it's okay to wait. Yeah. Uh, so Darren, we haven't really gone through my son's situation. We'll do that at a later podcast. I know we keep mentioning it. We'll go through that later podcast. But during that time, uh, I had a man that's really close to me in my life. Uh, he's a man. He's a go-getter. He doesn't wait very well. Mm -hmm. And so he was just always like, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's get you out of the house. Let's go do something. And I'm like, hey, I just need to sit and process mm -hmm. this. And so sometimes it's okay to sit and wait. Yeah. Hey, so you ever ride roller coasters? Yeah. 
Okay, so the greatest rides have the longest wait. Yeah. Okay, it's that's same good. true in life. That's good. And what I've seen in life, the greatest rides that God takes us on have the longest wait. Speaking weights. of Virginia Tech, I don't yes. know if you watch their football when they come out and run on the field. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. They play uh-huh. this, they play this music, and all the all the crowd stands up and they say something, and then the music plays, and they all start jumping. And it seems like they jump for five. I'm like, <laughs> they've got to stop jumping, but it's that anticipation, right? It's mm. the waiting. And then here's the excitement of finally the team runs out in the field and it goes nuts. And I feel like uh, that could be us in our life. Like yeah. the anticipation, there should be, you might be going through a hardship. There's going to be waiting, but there should be some anticipation and waiting for that celebration of something new. I love it. So, I love it. All right. So what's, let's, what's the, what's the fifth W the final right. one. So, so we got walk, we got, we work with each other. We watch out for each other. We wait. And then we witness with each other. Hmm. What does that mean? What does it mean to witness? We witness. So, uh, I think, uh, witnessing is, uh, kind of what we, we talk is speaking into, uh, sharing what God's done in your life. So like in me, uh, a few years ago, God did something major inside me and I get to share that. It's being a disciple of Christ. Like it's, it's saying, Hey, I was this and now I'm this. And the only answer I have is Jesus. So if you think about a witness, a witness is someone who just shares the truth. You call a witness before the court. court. They're just sharing what they've seen. They're just sharing what they experienced. They're validating or affirming it in front of others. That's what we do as followers of Christ. Like real life disciples, we just share what God has done in our life. Uh, Sometimes you hear people say a testimony. Mm -hmm. What's a testimony? Well, a testimony is a story of a test that you've been through Hmm. with the Lord. So when God became real in your life, you had gone through a test. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what it looks like. Yeah. And I, so just with me and my own testimony, uh, I dealt with a hard heart. I dealt with anger. I dealt with pride. Um, I was probably a tough husband to be around for most of the time. A uh, tough father, and man, uh, God changed my heart. I mean, it really was overnight in a hard time. Now, it wasn't the hard time didn't happen, and then that night my heart was changed. This was a process. Like I've been battling, I've been fighting, I've been, but I think it was me too pressing into the Lord at that time. Like understand, it wasn't me going rogue and mm-hmm. me just out there wandering off. It was me saying, "All right, I've got to, you know, God, let's figure this out." And man, I'm telling you, then it was when when it happened, it was overnight. Like he changed my heart. Uh, walls fell down. Uh, pride started going away. Um, anger definitely gone. And it just changed. It was amazing. And so me stepping into ministry, that was really my goal was to witness to other men around me saying, hey, I was this way. I know I've dealt with what you've dealt with and I don't deal with it now. And it's only because of what God's done in my heart. Yeah. All right. So, but I want to bring out something. So oftentimes guys think they have to, their only witnessing story is their story of salvation. Hmm. Well, the truth is we are to witness about what God is doing in our life all the time. Every day. Like God is making changes in our life. He's transforming us every day. 
So we don't need to be quiet about that. Mm-hmm. We share that. We mm-hmm. share what God has done in our life. So I, I love to be around guys that uh, that that will just share. Hey, uh, here's what God's doing in, in my life. Hey, can I tell you what God did in did in me, or can I tell you what God did in our business, or or listen to how I saw God show up today? And and it's just God's story after God's story. And what that does, it just it increases my faith and dependence on God mm-hmm. when I hear those things. Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, guys, we want to run uh, from our shortcomings and our downfalls. And you might be hearing this say, I don't know how to do that every day. Well, this is how I do it. Admit to your shortcomings and, and, and pitfalls every day. You wake up, you can admit to them to the Lord, you can admit to them with a buddy uh, and say, hey, I struggle with this. Uh, today I woke up and I got in a fight with my wife and this is why. And they're allowed to speak into, God's allowed to work on your heart in those times. So don't run from it. In the Bible, we read about Jesus just approaching these people over and over and over. And and if they were to run from them, if they were to not have those encounters, their life would never be changed. They wouldn't have that experience with Jesus. So if you're sitting there saying, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to do. Uh, the number one thing is it's okay to be where you're at right now and just to press into the guys next to you, press into the Lord, allow him to work in those times, admit to those problems. Don't have to look perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Um, and it's okay to not be, and it's so, and God will work on you. And then you can witness to the guys around you saying, man, God did this to me today. This is how I felt. This is what was spoken over me. Yeah. Bo, in the book of Acts, it talks about that uh, we will receive power and then we'll be his witnesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the idea here is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of God that speaks to you. When God speaks to you, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Uh, so so the God often nudges us, speaks to us, uh, leads us to say something to someone. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been out and about and you're like, I think I need to go say something to that guy, yep. or I, I think I need to go encourage that person? Uh, that's what it me- looks like to be a witness. It, we're, we're not doing it on our own. We're listening to the Holy Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit prompts us, then, hey, we're just simply sharing what we feel like God calling us to share. That's ha- good. Has that happened to you recently? It has. Uh, I feel like it happened when you're more in tune, when mm-hmm. you're listening, uh, I feel like it happens daily. Um, and there's some situations where you feel like the Holy Spirit presses you into, but then all of a sudden that same feeling right after it creeps up. I don't know what to say. I don't yeah, know what to do. Yeah, you feel inadequate. But then you, you're you just obedient to the the Holy Spirit, and he gives you what you need to say and do in that moment. Yeah, so. it's a uh, – all right, this is man talk, right? Man talk. It's, it's having the balls to do something about it. Yeah. So a lot of times guys are like, yeah, I should have said something. Should have done yeah, that. Yeah, I should have done that. Well, just have the balls to do it. Like mm-hmm. even if you're wrong – Hey, you at least took a step of faith. Mm-hmm. And that's all living this life of faith is, 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 hey, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna, hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna pray for the the person who's, you know, uh waiting on your table or encourage the the guy who you see walking down the street with his head down, or speak a word to uh of encouragement to a to a teenage guy. You know, it's yeah. it's those type of things. I'm a I'm a peewee football coach right now, fifth and sixth grade. And what I tell my players is, hey, you're gonna make mistakes, but make them a hundred percent. All I ask for you is go when that ball snap, 
go a hundred percent. We'll correct later. Uh, but if you make a mistake, do it a hundred percent. And I think, uh, Jesus being our biggest coach is wanting us to, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But go, go for it. So sometimes it works out. Sometimes Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, all right. So I don't, uh, so I've been trying to go to the gym more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've been averaging three to five days a week. So you have been, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been going. So, uh, uh, so the other day I was in the gym and Hudson was with me. And there was a teenage boy there. His name's John. I've seen John at church. And I knew Hudson's going off to college. And, hey, I, I need a teenage need boy a to, to encourage, encourage you know, to build up. And and I didn't know. You know, here's pastor, old guy. And I just said, hey, John, uh, take down my number. Here's my number. If you ever want to get together and talk God, man, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. So I gave him I gave him my number. And I, I thought after as I left, insecurity hit. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to think, who wants to hang out with an old pastor guy? You know, uh, this guy's a creeper. He's like, bald. Yeah, he's bald. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Why is he even in the gym? And so so I left, and I, I, I had all those thoughts, but I was like, yeah, who cares? Whatever. I did what I felt like God called me to do. Well, lo and behold, two weeks later, I get a text from John. It says, hey, Pastor Jeremy, uh, could we meet up sometime, and you teach me how to read the Bible? Hmm. So we met at coffee shop in Glen Rose Grounded, favorite coffee shop. And for about an hour and a half, man, we just talked about God, talked about his relationship with God. And man, it was one it was one of my favorite times of the week, but I only got there because I stopped in the gym and did something that I was really a little bit uncomfortable with. That's cool. But but I but I took that step of faith. And then it allowed you to witness to them. Absolutely. Yep. And Absolutely. so the final one's witness. Guys, hey, we're going to end it right there. Stay tuned for the next episode. But those are the five W's of how iron sharpens iron. Us as men press into other men. We walk with each other. We work with each other. We watch out for each other. We wait with each other. And, and we, we witness. We, we, we. We, we witness with each other. We, we. Guys, hey, I hope you're enjoying these. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you next time.